All right, now back with me, and I'm honored to say this, for an eighth time is my favorite author and one of my favorite all-time individuals, and that's Keith Hirschland. Keith has become a wonderful friend over the last several years. He's an Emmy Award-winning TV producer. He's produced shows for ESPN and ESPN2 plus the Golf Channel. Keith was among the original people that started the Golf Channel back in 1995. He's now written four books, so let's go through them. Cover me, boys. I'm going in. Tales Tales of the Two from a Broadcast Brat, my all-time favorite book, folks, and that's not just because Keith is coming on the show. I've been saying that for years, and if you haven't read that book and you love sports and you want to get some behind-the-scenes broadcasting stuff, best book ever. He's also written books titled Big Flies, The Flower Girl Murder, and the uh, the newest book that's about to come out, Murphy Murphy in the Case of Serious Crisis, which you can pre-order like I did out on Amazon.com, and I can't, I can't tell you enough how excited I am about that book and extremely excited to have Keith back as part of the show. Hey, Keith, how are you, my friend? How you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. Are you really, have you really been crazy enough to invite me on your show eight times? Eight times, my friend, and it's not nearly, <laughs> I'm already excited. We haven't finished number eight, and I'm already looking forward to number nine, if that tells you. Uh, me too, me too. I just I want to thank you for uh, for including me in another great lineup. You always have great guests. I, you know, like you, I was I was taking notes as Bill was talking because I uh, I suffer from a reverse C finish as well, and so I was getting some great tips from him. And you always have such informative and entertaining guests. I'm just proud to be a proud to be a part of your lineup. I hope you're staying safe, my friend. Yeah, I am. I, you know how how about you, Sarah, and the family? You guys doing all right out there? We're doing okay. Yeah, we're hanging in there. You know, Colorado Springs is, uh, is, you know, everybody's pretty much, you know, sheltered in place, but you can get, you know, to the grocery store, you can get, um, the essential things that you need. Sarah's been working from home for a couple of weeks now and, uh, trying to manage that process. But, uh, they just a couple of days ago opened up two of the city golf courses. So, uh, that's good news. We're probably going to get out and play some golf here if the weather stays nice. Uh, we're right next to the great broadmoor resort but they closed that down a month ago and aren't going to open until the end of may again so we can't play golf there but there are a couple of city courses where we can get out swing the club and enjoy some nature as long as we're six feet apart from each other <laughs> and I, I tell you keith um and for those who don't know keith's wife sarah is the ceo of the u.s olympic committee had to be a challenging time for her right now with the postponing of the summer games and, and everything that that's going to mean. How is, how are things going for her? Um, you know, it uh, feels like I'm sure like she's uh, swimming upstream ever since, uh, you know, she, she was fortunate enough to, to take over this role and, and represent all the great athletes of Team USA for the last uh, 18 months, a little more than 18 months. Um, you know, there have been challenges, but, uh, I have never seen a more, uh, uh, person, a, a person more up to the challenge and somebody that she goes to bed thinking about the athletes of Team USA and how to make, how to make the USOPC better and, and gets up in the morning with the same attitude. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an, it's, uh, it's just so great to, to be around her as, as she navigates through these, these difficult waters. But yeah, it was tough. It was tough. Um, you know, we were really looking forward to, to our first Olympic Games with her in this role. And, um, you know, it's just going to have to wait a year. But some good things came out of it. I have to tell you, they had a, a great story. They had $150,000 worth of food and nutrition 
that was all packed up and ready to go to Tokyo to feed the athletes of Team USA. So now all of that is being dispersed in the Colorado Springs area to food banks and people in need. So, uh, you know, every once in a while, something good comes out of a crisis. But all in all, um, I think we'd still be rather heading to Tokyo in July. Keith, switching gears a little bit, and as I mentioned in your intro, you've you've got a new book, Murphy Murphy, that uh, is uh, going to be coming out pretty soon. Talk about uh, talk about that book and what we can look forward to reading in that. Well, thanks for letting me talk about it. It was it. Uh, I have to say, of the of the four books, uh, it was without a doubt the most fun to write. Um, you know, I I, I approached the project. Um, not being not being really sure whether or not I would be able to complete the project. I had the idea of a uh, of a, a person or a detective who is has a particular aversion to redundant phrases. So the title uh, obviously has a couple of them. Murphy Murphy, of course, is is redundant as is Serious Crisis. But I thought, can I write an entire book um, around this this kind of storyline? And and you know, in the end, I I managed to accomplish that and got somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 redundant phrases in the book, including things like plan ahead and unexpected surprise and new beginning and uh, 3 a.m. morning, you know, things that people a lot of times use in their everyday language, but are just redundant phrases. And those things drive Murphy Murphy crazy as he works to solve a case uh, that comes to uh, an inevitable conclusion. So it was a lot of fun to write. And, um, Folks that know me and and know uh, about what I've done and have worked, maybe worked with me in the past will recognize a number of the names in the book. Uh, I took liberties uh, with everybody's permission, and uh, so I think they'll get a kick out of that. But I hope that everybody finds it just a fun read. Just you know, it's it's light and breezy, and um, pretty much uh, I, I think a good read for the entire family. I think it's a lot of fun. I hope anyway. When is it going to? Yeah, I'm sure it is. I can't wait to read it because I think I know a couple of the uh, the characters in the book. Oh, so yeah. oh, when, yeah. when is when is it? <laughs> yeah, when's it going to be available? It is available available for pre order now. Uh, May first, Amazon will start. And Amazon and Barnes and Noble will start to ship it. So if you order it, if you go on Amazon or go to keithherson dot com, you can order all of my books there. But um, if you go on Amazon and search Murphy Serious Crisis. It'll come up. It's an ebook and a paperback. And the great folks at Beacon Publishing Group have uh, assured me that it will also soon be an audiobook, which I'm really excited about because I've never had uh, one of my one of my books turned into an audiobook. But um, I'm I'm looking forward to everybody reading it and and telling me what they think of it. And and I'm already started on number five. And the CT Mascaro character is uh, flushed out and has has uh, found his place in in uh, from pen to paper. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't, certainly can't <laughs> wait to read that one. But uh, I'll start with Murphy. Murphy, make my way to number five. Thank you very much for that. That's, that's fantastic. Keith, I, I, I want to switch gears and I want to talk a little bit about something that um, you know our, our mutual friend Matthew Lawrence and I were talking about a little earlier. It's driving kind of both of us nuts. When uh, When I turn on the Golf Channel now, I see things like the second round of the Texas Valero Open. I see things like the WGC from, you know, 2018, the second round. And I'm thinking to myself, with all of the great historical tournaments 
available for <laughs> us to watch. Who who would who's <laughs> dying to see the second round of last year's Texas Valero Open when you could be showing me the the final round of any number of the great majors throughout the, the course of time. Why do you think they, they we're forced to watch that instead of something better? Well, I could I could probably channel some of my old programming friends who worked at the Golf Channel, and and if I did that, I would I would guess that there are there are a couple of reasons. And I mean, I think that most everybody there is smart enough to know that um, that people would rather be watching the things that you just mentioned than the second round of the Valero Texas Open. But I kind of think I I would guess that there is some contractual obligation with the broadcasting rights of the tour and these tournaments that part part of the contract. I know that when we used to, when I used to broadcast events, when I used to be sitting in the chair, if we had a rain delay or a rain out, our contractual obligation was to show that same tournament from either the day before, if the, it rained out Thursday, we'd have to show, it rained out Friday, we'd have to show Thursday's coverage. If it rained out Thursday, the the rain delay programming would be the year previous's telecast. And that was in the, con- I mean, that was in the contract. We didn't have a choice. Um, so if we couldn't come up with a live broadcast of that year's event, we were contractually obligated show that same event from either a, a previous day or a previous year. I would guess that maybe that figures into some of it. I don't know why it's constantly airing. I don't know why they can't fulfill <laughs> that contra- contractual obligation by airing it once and then air um, something a little more you know, fun to watch or, or a little different. In ca- and, and the only thing I would also say, and you know, the smart folks at the Golf Channel would give you a better answer. But, um, you know, maybe they don't have the broadcast rights anymore to air those great old Shell's wonderful world of golf. I mean, there may have been yes. a, a, a time a time constraint in that contract originally that said you have the right to air these for 10 years or 12 years, and they don't have that anymore. So, I, you know, I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing, but I think that... Um, I'm also guessing that there are some folks in the programming department at the Golf Channel right now that are uh, that are pulling their hair out right along with with the viewers <laughs> like you and our dear Fred Matthew. <laughs> Looking ahead to the PGA Tour, whatever we have left uh, for a schedule, and we don't know what that is yet. I think we've we've learned about the, some of the majors, but what, what are your thoughts if if you look ahead to what we know at this point with the three majors coming between August and November and and losing the Open Championship for this year. What do you think about the fall run of the majors and the Ryder Cup? Man, uh, you know, if uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to take the the view of the the rose-colored glasses view and the eternal optimist view and say let's let's pretend that's going to happen. What an amazing fall, end of summer, fall, early winter sports fans are going to have. Um, you know, Baseball is going to try and play. Football will be back. College football will be back. Golf majors will be on. Um, you know, the NBA will probably be trying to do something. It's just going to be a smorgasbord of incredible sports viewing if it all happens. Um, you know, I think golf is one of those um, sports that 
theoretically, you could see coming back maybe quicker than some of the others because you can practice social distancing on the golf course. It's going to be so weird uh, watching a golf tournament on TV without any any gallery. But I think that's going to happen. I think that's going to happen first with a lot of these leagues uh, because the, the money and the television revenue is so huge that um, if they can get a product out there that networks can televise and people can watch, that's going to go a long way to helping uh, the bottom line of a lot of a lot of companies. But it's just going to be strange. But I think golf, you know, I, I'd like to think golf, tennis, maybe, um, you know, those are the kind of sports where I could see them playing uh, and, you know, initially without fans, but on TV and, and we're all enjoying it. I, you know, I hope, gosh, I hope, Chris, um, you know, it's been two weeks, two and a half weeks, and I'm already going crazy. <laughs> yeah, same. And I, what, what would do you, you think? think? I mean, as a, think? well, I don't, you know, so I, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to see the glasses half full that I'm hoping for. I think it would be a heck of a run, right? To be able to go from August to, you know, sort of mid November of three majors and a Ryder Cup from a golf perspective. Yep. I think it would be odd though. I'm, I, I don't know what I would feel like watching a golf tournament or any sporting event with no fans, no crowd noise, no clapping, no cheering. I, I don't know. I don't know what that would be like. I was cur- curious to get your thoughts on that. Like as a producer, how, you know, yeah. you're not getting any of the, the back nine roars or the, the people, you know, a guy hits a home run, you know, and there's like, you know, Hey, you know, somebody in the, yeah. in the dugout <laughs> says, something. you yeah. know, that no, seems odd true. to me. It's really odd. And it's true as a, as a, you know, the guys in the truck, I re- I remember, uh, you know, hundreds of times where the energy that was, you know, the, the energy from a, a player hitting a great shot that, that rippled through the crowd and the, and the roar and the, and the, and the excitement that, you know, that energy just, you know, went all the way through the production trucks and, you know, the excitement of, you know, it just adds to, the energy and, and what's going on in the truck and the way you work and the way you interact with your, with your announcers and with the way the director inter- interacts with the camera guys, you know, give me the crowd and give me the reaction of the player and give me the caddy and back to the crowd. And, you know, when there isn't that, um, that's going to be going to be quite a challenge. I will say though, that probably Matthew is probably more used to watching TV without sound than most of us. Cause from what I understand, he mutes almost everything. So he's, <laughs> he, 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 it, it won't be, it won't be much different for him. No, I, I kid, I kid. I love him to death. And, uh, but it's, you know, it's going to, it's not only going to be strange watching at home, but, you know, I can, I can see the, the, the production folks out on site. Um, just what a, what a weird, eerie experience that that's going to be if, if that's what happens. Yeah. I mean, I'm just sort of picturing in my mind, you know, a, a great golf shot. You know, Tiger would chip one in, you know, for for eagle or birdie to take a lead, and there's a there's the fist pump, and then but there's nothing, there's no sound. It's it just like you know what happened. It's sort of sort of a right? you know a, yeah, I mean just like an apocalyptic thing. There's there's this great play or great shot or a big home run, and there's no sound to it. Yeah, weird. 
for the purists, it would be blasphemy. But, you know, there are, you know, one channel of a recording of every, uh, of every shot in the truck is, is crowd only. And I could see, you know, a couple of producers and sound guys experimenting with, let's roll in a huge crowd roar when Tiger chips in and see how that, you know, see how anybody feels about that. It would be totally manufactured, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if some people might try that. What's your thought on the, on the RNA deciding to, to cancel the, uh, the open championships with the other three going on? They seem to call it off pretty early. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I, you know, they, uh, I, you know, I was surprised. Um, I, I don't know anything about their business or their business model and, um, you know, would, would be the one billionth person on the planet to second guess any decision that they made. But, um, it seemed odd to me that while everybody else was postponing and, you know, trying to figure out a, a date in this new, um, glass half full schedule that they just went ahead and canceled. Um, I know there was an article early on about, about an, an insurance policy that if they had, they had to have a cancellation by a certain date. I, I don't know if that there's any truth to that, but, um, I, I just, maybe it's, uh, they don't have the daylight that time of year that it takes for them to conduct the championship in the way that they want to conduct the championship or, you know, the weather that is always unpredictable, maybe is more unpredictable at that time of year. I don't know. You know, there are a lot of questions I have, but again, like the folks programming at the golf channel, there were smarter people than me in that room making that decision. So, um, I'm guessing that someday we'll get the full story. But right now, uh, sadly, we just have to live with that decision. Keith, uh, I'd like to say just a couple more before I let you go. And, and as a guy who produced live golf events for years, talk about the challenge. You talk about going to different shots and all of that sort of thing. Talk about the challenge of keeping up with players that are hitting simultaneous shots all over a golf course and being able to stay up to date with the, you know, all the great things that are happening. How do you capture all of it? Luckily, uh, if you're lucky, and I was, um, you have a great team around you. Uh, you are surrounded by, and I was lucky enough to have the, what I felt were the best people in the business at my side. And, um, you know, it's the a, a producer at a, of a golf event, of a golf telecast makes hundreds of decisions, um, an hour and they have to always decide what player they're going to show at what time, in what order, which players they're going to show live, which players they're going to record and then show uh, as a moment ago or just earlier, um, which is a redundant phrase that Murphy Murphy would not like. Um, and then when to go to commercial. You know, I mean, golf, you and I have talked about this. Golf is one of those rare sports, television sports, where they don't have built-in commercials. So that's another thing the producer has to decide is, when am I going to go to commercial? Because there isn't a whistle. They don't stop play. Um, you know, there's not a TV timeout at the four minute mark. So, you know, the producer also has to decide, well, as soon as Tiger makes this putt for birdie before he gets to the next tee, I'm going to break because I know I've got two and a half minutes before Tiger gets to the next tee to tee off. So all those decisions are going on. And, and believe me, I had plenty of help and I thank those guys. You know, I thank them every day. I hope and I thank them every day now that they were by my side, but. It's not, it's not easy, but it's a ton of fun. And the technology has made it a lot easier. Cause when I first started, we had four tape machines in the truck. 
you know, you could only record four shots at a time. And those shots had to be, once you recorded it, you had to stop the recording, re- rewind it, and then wait for the producer to call for it to play it back. So during that time, that tape machine was out of commission. Now they have digital recorders that can record and play back at the same time. They can have every single camera fed into the truck that is recording nonstop. So the chances of a, of a producer missing a shot in a golf tournament for television today is almost non-existent. When I first started out, we missed. I wish I had a dollar for every shot I missed when I first started out in this business because uh, you had to, you know, it was a juggling act and you had to, you know, most of the time you came up right, but there were a lot of times when we left maybe the best shot of the day never got recorded. Keith, one more for you. And, and um, I, I'm pretty sure there isn't somebody who is more universally well-spoken about than you. <laughs> and that includes to uh, a couple of weeks ago when I had the privilege of uh, having Craig Can on the show. Um, wanted to get your memories of Craig. I know you guys started out there at the Golf Channel together. What was it like in those early days with uh, with Craig? Uh, Craig Craig is a consummate professional, and I mean that uh, with every with every fiber. Um, he always was. He came. He brought uh, his best to every broadcast and. You know, he came from, he came from, I think he came from Kalamazoo, Michigan. He was working as a, as an anchor at Kalamazoo, in Kalamazoo, Michigan, came to the Golf Channel and started out on the Golf Central desk and then was a reporter out on site. Uh, we'd run into each other every once in a while, always friendly. We, you know, enjoyed each other's company. And then the decision was made that Craig was going to do some live tournaments. So we had Craig, um, out as, as both, uh, a play by play announcer, a play-by-play host, and an on-course reporter. And, you know, he was always just, you know, did his homework. He came prepared, uh, you know, took took direction, didn't mind it when I yelled at him, uh, except once when he, uh, Greg, uh, Jeff Fluman won the BC Open one year. And Craig and Jeff were good friends. And Craig was following him. He was the on-course announcer for Jeff's group. And as soon as Jeff made the winning putt, Craig, in in the excitement of the moment, watching his good friend win a golf tournament, went out onto the green and gave Jeff a high five. And uh, I think I said every bad word my mother told me never to say in the truck. Um, and most of them I said into Craig Kant's ear at the time. <laughs> but. Uh, he forgave me. Uh, we remain friends and, um, we're still friends to this day. And, uh, I love the guy. He was a great broadcaster. He's doing great things these days. He's great at the LPTA. I will have to say though, Chris, I'm, I'm thrilled that you say people speak highly of me, but it's funny how the, the longer I've been away from the business, the better I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They- you know, it's like they, you know, like they say, you know, of uh, any large population, right? You know, like, you know, 10, you know, 100 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Well, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> it's roughly the same number of, of broadcast people in the business. You know, that many people can't be wrong. And uh, since no, I, I've, I've gotten I to know you over the last several years. I appreciate you too, man. You're a great friend and you, you're great at what you do. You you provide a service and, and thank you so much for for keeping yourself safe so you can do these shows and, and keep people entertained and informed. It's just so important and you're so good at it that uh, I wish you every success. 
Well, I, I, same back to you. You're, you're a tremendous human being, Keith, and I can't thank you enough for your friendship and your support. It means everything to me. And, and, uh, before I let you go, remind our listeners one more time how they can get your new book, Murphy Murphy, yeah. and then also check out the other ones as well. Yeah, I guess the easiest way to do it is just to go to keithhirschland.com, K-E-I-T-H-H-I-R-S-H-L-A-N-D.com. All the books are there. You can also find my blog there. Care. I'm on Twitter at K-H-H-Author, and I'm also on Instagram at the same address, K-H-H-Author. And I appreciate everybody taking a look at the book. I think you'll really enjoy the behind-the-scenes stories of Cover Me Boys and and I hope you enjoy the, the fiction books, too. Well, Keith, thank you so much for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. Always so much fun when you're a part of it. I can't thank you enough. Hope you'll come back and join me again soon. You know I will. Number nine, anytime you ask. There you go. <laughs> Appreciate you. Stay safe, stay healthy, my friend. All the best to you and Sarah. You too, with your family. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Keith. That's the great Keith Hersland. Boy, it, it wraps up a heck of a show tonight. I, I You know, when you think about how great Keith is. And again, he's my favorite author. And that book, Cover Me Boys, I'm Going In, is is as good as it's going to get. If you love sports and you love behind the scenes for broadcasting and what goes on, it doesn't get better than that book. And like I say, it's, uh, it's, uh, I've read it a few times now. It's, it's absolutely my all-time favorite. And then uh, Murphy Murphy is one that I have a lot of anticipation for because, as we said during the conversation, I think I know a couple of the characters. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they play out in the book uh, and, the, and the huge honor. To be a part of number five is, uh, is something that, uh, that moves me very deeply. I, I can't thank Keith enough for thinking enough of me to want me to be a character in one of his books. So I'm looking forward to that one as well. But, um, what a night, you know, Ben Wright, the great Ben Wright and the getting to talk golf and masters and memories with him and, and my good friend Matthew Lawrence. And, uh, you know, congratulations again to him for the, uh, well deserved honor that he got from the uh, Kentucky PGA of America section. And, uh, it put in between there, you know, Bill Abrams, one of the most decorated instructors in the game. And, uh, to top it off with Keith Hirschland, boy, it just doesn't get any better than that, folks. Thanks, uh, to all of them for being a part of the show tonight. So we're going to put a bow on this edition. Again, thanks to all of them. Please check out our website, nextonthetea.net. You'll be able to stay up to date with, uh, what my guest schedule looks like. So we've got, we'll keep updating that as well. And you can, Stream or download any of our archive episodes. Uh, we link back to our page over on podcast.co. So that's podcast.co. Uh, you'll be able to stream or download any of our archive episodes from there. Plus, you'll also find us on great podcasting sites like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audioboom, Player.fm. If you've got a favorite podcasting site, this show is probably on it. Folks, thank you again for choosing to listen to the show tonight. We really appreciate the fact that you continue to make this show a part of your golfing content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.